Christ is risen. <laughs> this is the best day of the year. <laughs> this is, oh man, hallelujah. Uh, my name is Billy Waters. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have two brief announcements. The first announcement is the least important of the two, and that is next week you can join us again, and you only have two services to choose from. 8.30 and 10.30, so we would welcome you back. The second announcement, which is much more significant, is, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. On this morning, over 2,000 years ago, when the women went to the tomb uh, to anoint Jesus' body, they were going to the tomb because they expected to see a body. That's what their expectation was. They did not anticipate that the tomb would be empty. They didn't go to the tomb early that morning with lawn chairs, balloons, and streamers, and a little countdown clock. <laughs> Five, four, three, two. They didn't expect the resurrection. They didn't ant- anticipate what Jesus was doing on this day. They didn't know that the resurrection was the culmination of Jesus' birth, his life, and his death. They didn't understand and expect that in the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus saved the best for last. In the resurrection, Jesus saves the best for last. A.W. Tozer says, resurrection puts a glorious crown on all of Christ's sufferings. And the gospel that we're going to be looking at here today to look at the resurrection of Christ is the gospel of John. And the way that he um, organizes his gospel very elegantly, and it's around seven miracles or what he calls signs, seven signs. And you'll see it up uh, on the screen here, what these seven signs are. Uh, The first one is found in uh, John chapter 2. It's the turning of water into wine. And the importance of a sign is, is that it's not just a raw demonstration of power. A sign is pointing beyond itself. And in John, there's seven of them, which means that seven is the perfect number. All six are culminating to the ultimate seventh. And so what is the first one? Jesus turning water into wine. And it's speaking to that Jesus is taking old, thi- old things and he's making them new. That it is, we are awaiting the ultimate wedding feast because Jesus is our bridegroom. The second miracle or sign is the healing of the official's son, pointing to that all our desires are ultimately met in Jesus. Third, it's the healing of the paralyzed man on the Sabbath day, speaking to that Jesus brought ultimate Sabbath freedom and joy. Sign four is the feeding of the 5,000, that Jesus is the creator, and when he creates, he makes extravagant proportions. Sign five, it's the walking on water. Jesus, who is the creator, has authority over the creation. Sign six is the healing of the blind man, that Jesus has come to take us from the place of darkness and into his glorious light. Hallelujah. All of these six signs are pointing to the ultimate sign, which is the seventh sign in John chapter 11. Jesus in resurrection power calls Lazarus out of the tomb. He says, Lazarus, come out. Death shall no longer have its hold on you. And what is that pointing to? <laughs> Class. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's what it's pointing to, and that's why we're here. All of these are culminating into the last sign, which means that Jesus saved the best for last. He saved the best for last. Now, why? Why is the resurrection the last and the best? Three reasons. First, the resurrection means that sins are paid. Second, it means that our life is restored. And lastly, we have a living hope. First, sins are paid. Sins are paid. In verse 19 and 20, uh, the writer says, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Now, why does he show them his hands and his side? 
Why not you know, do the wall thing again? You know, walking through the walls or like the fish and the bread multiplying that. I mean, why did the first thing that Jesus do to the disciples is show them his hands and his side? Because it was pointed to the fact that on the cross that Jesus paid for our sins. And what the re- resurrection does is, is it is the verification that our sins have been paid at the cross of Christ. It's the verification. It's the proof. It's the certification As it says in Romans chapter 4, he was delivered over to death for our sin, but he was raised to life for our justification. The resurrection is the verification that our sins have been paid for. If Jesus stayed in the grave, then our sins wouldn't be ultimately paid for. We wouldn't be ultimately justified. But in the resurrection, it's the verification that this is so. Think of it like this. When you go to Costco, you get a receipt. Now, when you go to Costco, you fill up your basket with all of those um, food items, and it's loaded up with a lot of weight, and you go to the checkout, and you check out each item, and then you pay for each item. And then, but before you could leave Costco, the, the kind elderly gentleman or gentlewoman <laughs> come up and they say, you cannot pass. I need to see your receipt. So you pull out your receipt, and they check every item in the cart and make sure that every item is on your receipt. And you can say, these items have been paid for. These items have been paid for. Look at my receipt. The resurrection is the receipt, the verification that our sins have been paid for, that we have in our laundry, or not our laundry, our grocery basket, just full of stuff, items that have been weighing us down, guilt, shame, sins that we've done in the past, sins that maybe that we're even engaging in now. But when we go out to the checkout counter, all of those items have been paid, not by our credit card, but by the precious blood of the Lamb. And then when we leave that place, when we leave that place, so this is where the illustration breaks down because you get to take your cart with you after you go out of Costco. In this illustration, you don't take the cart with you. You're out in freedom, but you show them. You show them the receipt, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you say that these sins, this guilt, this shame has been paid for. (laughs) Oh, man. The Lord is risen. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to a final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns, calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I stand. The resurrection is the verification that our sins are paid for. He saved the best for last. Two, life has been restored. Our life has been restored. Verse 15 and 16. He asked her, Jesus asked her, woman, Why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I'll go get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Who is the first person that Jesus goes to and shows his resurrection? It was Mary, Mary Mary Magdalene. If you know her past... She had a past. She had experienced trauma. She was a prostitute. Out of her was driven seven demons. She was an outsider, rejected, ostracized, and she was considered by society irredeemable. But who is the first person that Jesus restores? Who is the first person that Jesus shows himself to? It's Mary Magdalene. And how does he do it? He calls her by name. And today, he's calling your name. No matter what you've done, he's calling your name. Because his grace is greater than your sin. 
His mercy is stronger than your brokenness. His forgiveness lasts longer than your guilt. His hope that he's offering you is stronger than despair. And his resurrection life has given us a promise that cannot be taken away and has conquered sin, death, and hell. His victory means your history ends at the cross and your future, your future begins at the resurrection. The tomb is empty. He walked out in resurrection life so that he could restore yours. Jesus in the resurrection, he has saved the best for last. Sins have been paid for. Life has been restored. Lastly, he gives us a living hope. Notice in verse 17, Jesus said to Mary, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Now, what does that mean? He's not saying, don't touch me because you'll be incinerated. Because he'll say just a few verses later to Thomas, touch me, my side, my hands. These are real. So what is he doing? Go instead to my brother's and tell them, I'm ascending to your father, I'm, I'm sorry, to my father and your father, to my God and to your God, emphasis on your. What he's saying is, is listen, Mary, I'm going to be here for the next 40 days in my resurrected body. So don't hold on to me. Don't cling to this moment. But go. you have a mission. You need to go back to the disciples and tell them that I'm returning to my God, your God, my father and your father, with the emphasis on your the point that Jesus is making is, is that his life is now our life. His destination is now our destination. His future is now our future. Because the grave couldn't put a hold on him, the grave can't put a hold on us. Made like him, like him we rise. Ours the cross, the grave's the skies. Which means that we will experience spiritual newness, physical newness, newness in every way, just as Christ has. And some of you have gone through incredible loss this year. Loss of health, loss of... Just pain, loss of a loved one, but we have hope in the resurrection. We have hope in the resurrection that the best things are yet to come. That this world in which we live, this isn't the best. The best is resurrection life with Christ throughout all of eternity. Johnny Erickson Tata used this illustration every two to three years. Johnny Erickson Tata, 17, she dove into a lake and was quadriplegic when she broke her neck. She tells the story when she was at a conference. And when the conference ended, they ended in prayer by kneeling, getting down and kneeling on their knees. And Joni reflects on that moment. She says, sitting there, I was reminded that in heaven I will be free to jump up, dance, kick, and do aerobics. If possible, somewhere, sometime before the party gets going, sometime before the guests are called to the banquet table at the wedding feast of the Lamb, the first thing I plan to do on resurrected legs is to drop on grateful, glorified knees. I will quietly kneel at the feet of Jesus. The day is drawing near when I'll be able to kneel again. The resurrection says that there will be a time where the death is gone, sorrow gone, paralysis gone, hurt gone, brokenness gone, mental illness gone, suicidal ideation gone, cancer gone, ALS gone, sudden infant death syndrome gone, and we have the hope that we will not only be spiritually made new, but physically made new. D.L. Moody says... In a moment, in a few days, you'll read that D.L. Moody is dead. Do you not believe it? Because in that moment when I die, I'll never be more alive in Christ. That's the hope that we have in the resurrection. The resurrection says that Jesus has saved the best for last. Sins are paid, life restored, and we have a living hope. That's the resurrection. Let's have a baptism. <laughs> Come on up, everybody.